I'm actually a domestic violence survivor. It was definitely very challenging. There was a night when I actually thought, this is it, I'm going to die. And I'm very lucky that my ex changed his mind. When I faced that life and death situation, I was in Sydney at that time. In Sydney, Australia, you know, if something like this happens, it's basically a, Australia is a very peaceful country otherwise, uh, compared to most of the world. If someone gets murdered or killed, it usually makes it to news. I didn't want to be on news for this reason. I didn't want to be just a statistic. To anyone who's listening to me and is going through a difficult time, let me tell you one thing. And believe me, I mean, uh, all of us are immensely powerful. You have it in you to solve your problems. So have faith in yourself. Don't let anyone pull you down to their level. And you always love and respect yourself, even if nobody in the world does. So you love and respect yourself. This is a Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I'm your host, Sean Dustin. If this is your first time joining me, welcome. And if you're returning, welcome back. I'm glad you guys are here today to uh, hang out with me. Today's the 25th of December. Merry Christmas. I spent time with my family and my daughter last night. So today I'm just hanging out, putting together this episode. This is episode 21. We're going to be talking about domestic violence, and I'm interviewing Ruchi Singh. She is the host of Ruchi Singh Talks. She's available on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook. All of her places, as usual, will be available in the show notes. If you've been following my episodes, then you will know that I am a former abuser myself. It's really hard for me to say that because it's embarrassing, but it's the truth. And ironically, as I was uh, editing this episode this morning... There was a couple that pulled in uh, to the space next to mine yesterday, I guess, while I was out of town. And this morning, lo and behold, I hear boom, boom, screaming, yelling, uh, just a bunch of chaos. And uh, right right there, right in front of me, there's, there's, uh, there's domestic violence happening. And I got to witness what I probably looked like. I mean, there was no physical, but I mean, there, the guy kicked the door to the trailer, broke it. She was crying, screaming. You know, it was it was just it's kind of chaotic. But yeah, it was ironic. The universe just sometimes has a way of showing you you in another way once you've been removed from your own behaviors. So before we get to Ruchi, I'm gonna give some statistics on uh, domestic violence, and this comes from the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, and this is mainly, I believe, for the United States. Although Ruchi is from India, her situation happened. She was actually living in Australia. But we touched a little bit on uh, you know, what domestic violence and how prevalent it is in India. And it's, I believe, the number one most dangerous place for women in the world. So what is intimate partner physical abuse? Physical abuse includes the physical assault, battery, and sexual assault used as a part of a systematic pattern of power and control perpetrated by one intimate partner against another. Physical abuse can cause severe injury and even death. It often occurs with other forms of abuse, including psychological abuse, economic abuse, and stalking. 
More than 10 million Americans are victims of physical violence annually. 20 people are victims of physical violence every minute in the United States. One in three women and one in four men is a victim of some form of physical violence by an intimate partner during their lifetimes. 76% of intimate partner physical violence victims are female. 24% are male. One in seven women and one in 18 men are severely injured by intimate partners in their lifetimes. Domestic violence accounts for 15% of all violent crime in the United States. Domestic violence is most common among women aged 18 to 24 and 25 to 34. A majority of physical abuse is committed by dating partners rather than spouses. More than 75% of women aged 18 to 49 who are abused were previously abused by the same perpetrator. Intimate partner physical abuse has declined 67% since the passage of the Violence Against Women Act in 1994. Slightly more than half of intimate partner physical violence is reported to law enforcement. In 2007, 1,640 women were murdered by intimate partners. In 2012, 924 women were killed by intimate partners. 40% of female murder victims are killed by intimate partners. Almost half of the intimate partner homicides are committed by dating partners. 76% of women who are killed by intimate partners and 85% of women who survive homicide attempts are stalked prior to the murder or attempted murder. Intimate partner physical abuse is not bound by age, socioeconomic status, race, ethnicity, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, religion, or nationality. It exists in all communities. Contrary to popular belief, physical abuse is not simply a maladjusted person's occasional expression of frustration or anger, nor is it typically an isolated incident. Physical abuse is a tool of control and depression, and is a choice made by one person in a relationship to control another. This is a very, very, very serious problem. As you can see, right next door to me, just an hour ago, there was a form of domestic violence happening right there. My goal with this episode is to help bring awareness to this issue. As somebody that's perpetrated it myself, I feel an obligation to be somebody that helps spread awareness now because this is such a huge problem. And the simple fact is, is that I've affected five people in my own life from being an adult to now. It was 18 to 40, 45. However, I can't take back the things that I've done, what I can do is learn from my mistakes, try to educate people, and going forward, not repeating the behavior anymore. So I need to clarify something. There was a point around 20 minutes into this interview where I said that physical abuse would be better than verbal psychological abuse. So just to clarify, all abuse is wrong. I was pointing out the difference in the long-term effects between the two, and I think I was probably stumbling a little bit on on my delivery of that. So if, if it sounded as if I was saying that one was better than the other, it wasn't meant in those terms. It was just pointing out a difference in the long-term effects of one versus the other, meaning physical abuse heals faster than psychological or ver verbal abuse. So without further ado, let's talk to Ruchi Singh. All right. Hi, Ruchi Singh. You are a mindset coach and a public speaker. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And what part of the world are you from? Or India. India? Okay. 
Okay, so tell me a little bit about uh, yourself and what brought you to uh, want to be on my show. As you know, my show is about bottoms and uh, life struggles and how other people get through them. So yeah. where, do, where do you fall into these categories? Um, yeah, actually, um, I actually hit rock bottom myself. The very fact that there is something called Ruchi Singh Talks is directly the result of, you know, me hitting uh, rock bottom in my own life. If you see all my channels, it'll be from last year around March. So there was no Ruchi Singh Talks before that. And there's a reason to it because basically I'm a very private person and uh, I'm the kind of person who doesn't really share her own pictures also. Like I, I now I've never checked in, you know, like Ruchi Singh checked in. I don't do all that. And uh, I'm not judging anyone who does that. It's just a private, uh, like my own personal thing. I don't really like to do all that. So given the thing that I'm basically that kind of a person and here I am on social media, so let me give you the reason why I'm here. I'm actually a domestic violence survivor. It was definitely very challenging. I almost, uh, you know, like uh, there was a night when I actually thought this is it. I'm going to die. And I'm very lucky that my ex changed his mind. So that's how I'm talking to you. When I faced that life and that situation, I was in Sydney at that time. In Sydney, Australia. You know, if something like this happens, it's basically a, Australia is a very peaceful country. Otherwise, uh, compared to most of the world, if someone gets murdered or killed, it usually makes it to news. I didn't want to be on news for this reason. I didn't want to be just a statistic. This is what I asked myself after I went through that incident, which was very traumatic. I was like, have I actually taken birth just to be a statistic? My answer was no. I refuse to be just a statistic. And secondly, because, uh, you know, facing that is a very, very, uh, it's a very traumatic event in one's life. And this is something which uh, not everyone goes through, thankfully. So when I went through, it, you know, it cuts through all the clutter in the mind in, in a way. And it put things in perspective. So I actually started asking myself this, that what if I had actually died that night? What would have been the value add of my life? And this question led me to this answer that the only way we add value to our life is when we add value to other people's life. And I decided to start creating awareness about domestic violence. When I started talking about it and I started connecting with people from all over the world, I realized one thing that it actually cuts through all these, uh, it cuts through race, religion, gender, everything. And it is an epidemic. Like data is very bad. In US alone, and this is old data, 4,000 women are killed every year by their male intimate partners. Even men go through domestic violence because violence is not just physical, it is psychological and emotional too. And a lot of men who are in who are with other men, they also suffer that. So I was like, someone has to talk about it and there are other people talking about it, but I thought I also had to give a voice to countless others. And this is how Ruchi Singh started, Ruchi Singh Talks started. And uh, so I was giving talks offline. Uh, at the same time, I was going through my divorce. And obviously, divorce is never pleasant. Uh, so I had to channelize my energy into something positive. Because see, we all we have is energy. And where we focus 
is very critical to our own mental well-being. I didn't want to be in a negative mind space. So I started Ruchi Singh Talks, my YouTube channel, and I started creating videos about motivational stuff, whatever I thought could help others without sharing my backstory because the idea was not to, you know, say, hey, I'm going through this. I just wanted to share stuff and it made me feel good that maybe I'm helping people. And yes, it started helping people. That is how I started my YouTube channel, Ruchi Singh Talks. And it's very emotionally, I'm quite connected to it. And I moved on to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Yeah, so now you know why Ruchi Singh Talks exist and to answer your question i had hit rock bottom and this was the beginning of me recreating my life that's awesome man that's amazing as somebody who is on the other side of that because i was actually you know i don't know if you've listened to any of my podcasts some of those i disclose Mm -hmm. in my relationships that i was not the best kind of person uh as a as a partner in a relationship Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the things that I had learned from a young age right. or watched um, growing up through my own parents' um, relationship, you don't, uh, so to speak, understand when you're a child that a lot of the things that you see, you just repeat, even though even though you don't repeat them at the time, they're still lodged into your brain. And that is your example of what relationships with the opposite sex are supposed to look like. And so, yes, I w- you know, in, in all the relationships that I'd been up into this point now um, with my ex have been somewhat uh, tumultuous, you know, not violent so much in the way of, of physical violence. But I mean, definitely a lot of verbal uh, abuse and a lot of, you know, just sort of bullying tactics to get my way mm-hmm. or to, you know, stop conversation about things I didn't want to talk about. You know, just a very poor, mm. poor way of, of communicating with the opposite sex. And, you know, I, mm. I, I got to a point where, I mean, it was every time I would do it, I would, I would be like, you know, I mean, I, I had like a lot of remorse. It was like, I feel bad and it would make me feel bad about myself. And so, yeah, I had to, uh, you know, as a part of my, like what you went through, you know, you're trying to, you're noticing that, that, you know, you're, I'm I'm not necessarily it wasn't necessarily at a bottom but I was at a place hmm. I was at a place that that didn't feel good it wasn't beneficial hmm. for either party and then there's a child involved and so I didn't want this hmm. child to grow up the same way that I did and she and it's my daughter you know what I mean and I didn't want her to think and and watch me and think well this is just how men are supposed to be because it's not, it's not, it's not how men are supposed to be. Your relationships are not supposed to be like that. You know, that, then that was the change. And then all of a sudden, you know, now I started putting it out there that, Hey, this is how I was. So I don't know. It's hard to hide behind something because it's a shameful thing that, that guys do. And it causes shame because you know, you're not supposed to be treating people that way. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Sean. It means so much to me that you shared this because I didn't know that. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to say that, hey, maybe I was wrong. So kudos to that. I respect you for that. And what you're doing is wonderful, you know, because uh, this is what I actually um, try and do. Uh, Like people who are maybe, um, if I may use the word abuser, they understand, you know, and they kind of work on their behavior. It truly helps not only the person who's the, the victim, but also the person who's abusing 
and it takes a lot of effort and not everyone has that kind of emotional intelligence to realize that what they are doing uh, even though it might be you know triggered from what they saw in their childhood and still go ahead and try to work on that that is just so incredible so i'm so i'm so happy that you shared this with me and actually there's a whole lot of research which shows that kids whether it's a, a boy or a girl who grow up in a disturbed household it may not be physically violent but like you said even verbal and uh, emotional abuse is abuse they sometimes grow up believing that this is the right way and there's so much need for education to be there which tells kids this is not the way it's supposed to be so thanks so much shwan yeah you're welcome i'm happy that you're doing it. my goal is is that you know hopefully by me talking about how i was not a good person and realizing that you know i need to make a change in order if i'm going to change the world or change anybody else's mind or help any other men out there it has to start with with myself you know from there i'm just growing as a person and like you said i'm you know by talking to all these different people from different places it's it's helping me to kind of figure out myself and the things that i need to do also it's you know putting it out to other men out there that you know maybe if they're listening and you know they are doing this kind of stuff themselves because most people do it's it's something that that is never talked about you know there's a lot of uh dysfunctionality that goes on in in people's households and you know and you cannot blame your parents i mean yeah they were they were working with what they knew at the time all right like my parents didn't know that we know now that between the age of 0 and 5 years old in a child's life that that's the most impressionable that's where they learned the most stuff yes we didn't know that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, we just figured that the brain was, you know, it, yeah, yeah, we we do learn things later, but the most important things that we learn are are 0 through 5. Like how yes. to how to treat yes. other people, how to, you know, what your identity is, how you, you know what I mean? It, but most of it is is how you treat other people and how you interact with the world around you is is developed at a very young age. Yes, and sometimes uh, the impressions are so deep people don't even realize that they are behaving because they went through it some you know like uh, or they saw something when they were kids like uh, really young but it becomes part of their subconscious and uh, it subconscious like we now know is very very powerful yes and what i appreciate about you is and that i also personally believe that uh, rather than blaming others we should just focus on what we can do to help ourselves and help others Uh, so that's a very mature point of view. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they, well, the, the same thing that you were talking about earlier. When you're an addict and you're in the program, or you're in AA or NA or one of those things, the one of the things that they tell you is that the only way that you can keep what you have is by giving it away, and that's very true with everything. That that applies. It just doesn't apply to um, you know sobriety and and recovery. You could use that across the board in in life in general. if you have something or you're yeah. given something give it back give it back to the people figure out whatever what your problem is you need to share that share that with everybody else because if you don't the 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 likeliness is that it's not going to stick or you won't be able to keep it so we need to come from a place of togetherness and and helping people i mean just the fact that i can talk to so many people 
and reach such a wide audience all over the world is amazing. We're so close now. We used to be so far apart, but now we're so close, closely connected. And it feels like social media sometimes is trying to to bust us apart again, you know, because we are getting so close. (laughs) Yes. No, I I totally uh, agree with you. Like, uh, when I started talking about it, Sean, honestly, I I didn't think, oh, it will have such an impact. I was just, I thought this is the way I can help because we all help in our own ways, right? So I thought I'll talk about it because people don't talk about it. Response I started getting from the very beginning was like amazing. You'll not believe every day I get close to 100 messages on my messenger, on my Instagram, wherever people can actually send it uh, without them putting it like very few people would ever put it on a YouTube comment section, but on messenger and all they reach out. It's just because I'm talking about it and uh, that helps people. In fact, one of the most precious uh, testimonies or messages I have is from a lady who is in uh, uh, Queensland, Australia. And she wrote to me, she was like, hey, thanks uh, for the pep talk. I needed it not only for my business, but for my life. And I've been in an abusive relationship for 15 years. Tonight, I go to sleep and I start again tomorrow. And when I read that message, she had sent it to me on Messenger. And I checked with her before I, you know, I share it now on podcast, but I took her permission without sharing her name. And uh, I had tears in my eyes. I was like, oh my God. Very recently, I was interviewed by a beautiful person. She's doing so much uh, again in this field. Her name is Fuzana Aziz from Ghana, all the way from Ghana. So like you said, when we talk and when we share our vulnerabilities and we do it from a place of love, we actually connect and impact each other. I'm actually kind of grateful to social media because you and I wouldn't be talking right now and sharing our stories and our imperfections in a way if there was no social media. Yeah, but we also have the ability to tune out the negativity. Some people don't, yes. you know what I mean? And, and and it still has, you know, they get wrapped up into, you know, being triggered by whatever it is to be outraged with this or outraged with that. The other people that just kind of view it as, you know, background noise and still, you know, don't pay attention to it, don't engage in it. They stay focused on the goal that you have, which is to help other people. And, and, you know, you need to begin everything as that goal in order for you to be able to prosper in the end at some point down the road. There, there are selfish motives, I believe, and it is for us to, at some point, break away from what we're doing uh, in our day lives to be able to do this full time. And in order for that to happen, there have to be some self-centered needs that are met to be able to provide for your family still. And all of that is encompassing because once you can finally start doing something that you feel is meaningful and helpful to the world and the community around you, then you fully become happy, a person that's um, fulfilled. And then that exudes out across whatever it is that you touch because now you're 100% happy with what you're doing, you know, because a lot of people are doing a day job that they're really not happy with. So that, that energy turns negative and then we get a little bit of positivity on the back end, you know, you know, and to try to balance that out. But a lot of times, you know, there's just not enough of the positivity to outweigh the drag that the first part of your day is, uh, is putting on you. 
Does that make sense? Yes, yes. And uh, yeah, as far as trolling goes, Sean, I have this policy. I never respond back, never ever. And uh, if someone is very uh, vile or foul, I just block. I love this block option. I just block people because I don't want it. I don't want their energy taking my energy down because we only have so much time and so much energy and I'd rather focus it on uh, what I want to focus on. So yeah, I think the best policy to handle trolling is to just ignore them. And I think it is uh, it is okay to be also taking care of ourselves like you said because if we are not taken care of, we don't take care of ourselves, how will we take care of anyone else? It's like you know if you're a doctor you will still charge someone right you're saving their life but you're charging them because otherwise how do you take care of yourself your family your needs so it is a fair taking care of ourselves and and then on top of it what we do is actually helping a lot of other so that's how i think about it that makes uh, sense to me what you said we have to take care of ourselves so in uh in india i've watched some some documentary stuff about india and some of the things that are coming out of there so this isn't what you're what you dealt with i know you were in in uh, Australia at the time when it happened, this isn't uncommon in where you're from, right? This isn't an uncommon thing with the women and, and ladies that live in uh, in India itself, right? No, unfortunately, it is very common. It is very common in India. It is very common all over the world. And that is something which kind of shocks me. You know, uh, when I went through it and... Um, I was I never thought if I had not gone through it I wouldn't have I I would if I thought about it at all I would have thought it happens to a certain kind of a person maybe that person is very uh, very like a quiet person very sober maybe introvert I don't know like I didn't really think of, about it earlier to be honest but then I I would like to think I'm a confident person I have worked in HR for more than a decade I'm an MBA you know I was in a leadership role so I wouldn't have thought a person like me could go through it and it and it for years. And we felt uh, if socioeconomically we would, uh, you know, we would be like upper middle class or rich that way. So all that made me really think and then start talking to people and research. And like I told you, it is so shocking that domestic violence is happening like right from the like the richest people to the poorest people, people who are educated, not educated, people who are like different countries different uh, races it is happening all over the world and the data is horrible and a lot of countries don't really have a lot of data on it and in india yes it is a big issue i get so many messages so many mails in fact i was just uh, uh, i will i've been invited to be a change maker uh, under the program she creates change by change.org and change.org is a huge uh, us based platform and they have a presence in i think 196 countries and they have more than 200 million plus people following them or connected with them and when i went for this conference i was shocked to see like the horror stories i heard from others yeah it is quite sad it is quite sad that one person can hurt another person so badly that sometimes the psychological impact of it damages them badly for their whole life cool. and that is why i'm trying to do whatever i can Well, it's a different spectrum of 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 that. So, I mean, you know, because you can see, you know, when you're trying, when people have been traumatized, whether it was, you know, um, they were 
kidnapped and and forced into uh sex slavery or into a captive situation to where they can't get out of it i mean any any kind of trauma that you induce on somebody depending on what age it is or or what happens i mean you can definitely you can ruin somebody's uh mental capacity for a long time with the trauma that you impose on them and you know i think So for me, it wasn't, you know, I I wasn't physically like abusive or like hitting or, you know, beating on, on, on my ex. Some of the things that I would say would just be, you know, horrible where you might as well just be beating them up because some of the, that, the things that you say verbally last longer than, than a physical, you know, if I'd have just hit you, it might've been better because now you're not thinking about, it's not playing on your psyche. It's not playing on your self-esteem. It's not playing on your confidence. You know, all those, you know, the verb, the verbal abuse is actually, I think worse than, uh, than the physical because the physical goes away. As long as you don't, you know, the bruises will go away. The, the scars will go away. Well, the scars won't, but I mean, you know, the physical damage will heal itself. But when you get into the verbal and to the psychological damage that you're causing through your words, that's a lasting thing. And sometimes, you know, it lasts way past the relationship being over. Like my goal is, uh, you know, take responsibility for the part that I've played in being a destructive force in five other people's lives. You know, because it was five relationships that were, that were very unhealthy and, you know, probably mostly due to me and try to educate men now that look, you can't, this, this isn't right. You can't treat people this way. You know, you got to figure out what's happening with you and, and why you can't communicate your feelings in a way that doesn't go directly into anger because anger is a cheap emotion. It's so easily and readily available. It's the the easiest one that we can pull from, you know? Yes. Challenge, yes, challenge. Yes. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. In fact, um, even I, I say this, you know, sometimes the wounds which do not bleed are the ones which hurt the most. Yeah. It's a very true and, statement. Yes. And uh, okay. So uh, let me share something. I uh, used to love dressing up, okay, Sean? Um, now, not so much, but I used to love dressing up. Recently, like when I'd gone for this conference, I wore a sleeveless dress. Now, you, it may be like, okay, she wore a sleeveless dress, you know, what's the big deal? But for me, it was such a big deal because I wore a sleeveless dress after a long time because I was continuously told my hands are fat. I'm like, you know, no, 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 don't wear a sleeveless dress. It looks very bad. Oh. And I started believing all that, that, oh, I don't look nice. I'm bad. I'm fat, whatever. So something, uh, something like this can also have such a deep lasting impact on another person that I actually changed the way I dress. It took a lot of effort for me to wear that sleeveless dress. And I was still wearing a jacket on top of it. But finally, because it was a safe place, I shared it. And uh, there were tears and all that. But I'm glad I did that. The reason I'm sharing is that it is sometimes, you know, some words or consistent, constant criticism, abuse can actually damage someone for their entire life. They can, You can actually... Changed the way the other person thinks or believes about themselves. Even though, you know, I believe that 
I have to, you know, I, I, I say this line, I own my life and I help others to own theirs. What I mean was that, of course, I'm not responsible for someone else's bad behavior, not at all, but I'm responsible for how I respond to it. But having said that, sometimes it takes a lot of effort, like a lot of energy. The other person may not even realize that it may be such a challenging thing for another human being to just wear a sleeveless dress. Mm, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to share one thing though. When I uh, when I talk about domestic violence, yes, women go through it more than men and uh, by a very large margin. So it, actually it's not comparable. But I stand for anyone who's gone through it, even if it's a man, because a lot of times I've been asked this, uh, you know, like... Uh, uh, like are you anti-men or something and I always say this pain has no gender since I have gone through pain I will understand another human being's pain whether it's a guy or a girl that doesn't matter if someone is going through something challenging or painful you know I stand by them also and I'm lucky to be surrounded by a lot of wonderful kind-hearted supportive men so I thought I'll share that I 100% agree with you that that this is something that's carried out by men more than it is than it is women. I mean, it, it, there are women out there that do abuse their spouses in you know whatever ways. Yes. There's all kinds of different uh, passive aggressive violences. There's you know there, the spectrum is pretty wide, but men yes. do carry out these um, these behaviors more so than women do. With that being said, all I can do is. If you're a guy that's out there and like, I don't pass judgment on anybody, but aware of your behaviors and we all are aware of what we do. You can only play dumb for so long. You know, (laughs) when you're perpetrating, you know, different things, whether it's, you know, the verbal violence, whether it's, um, you know, psychological abuse, um, any, any kind of those things, you know what you're doing at some point. And if you're not actively engaged in trying to change those behaviors in yourself, then you're really not doing anybody any service. You know, I'm here to help people, but I'm here to help people that want to help themselves. And by identifying your problems in your, in your situations and trying to find a solution and reaching out for help and asking other people that have been through the situation and how they can kind of, you know, give you guidance. I'm down with that. But if you're just, you know, one of these people that, yeah, I know. And, you know, and, and just don't want to change yourself. I don't, I don't really have a whole lot of time for that. Yes, exactly. Help the people who want to be helped. Yes. I want to ask you some questions about uh, public speaking. So how did you get involved in that? So was it just through, you know, you're doing all these live things on your social media platforms and then you got noticed by somebody and they said, hey, would you like to you know, be a public speaker because we liked your message and what you're saying? Like, how was the path for you to get into public speaking and talking to people uh, and audiences? All right. So I have I've been very comfortable all my life talking to people. Okay. Even though if I was like not public, I, I was not like professionally pursuing public speaking, but like uh, when I was in college, I was part of the debating society. I was actually treasurer of the debating society in my, again, in my role in HR. I was very comfortable with taking meetings and trainings and all that because I had a team reporting into me. So, so talking to people or interacting with people or getting on stage and sharing my opinion has never been a problem for me. Having said that, there is a huge difference when you're talking about a topic or you're training people. And here I talk actually about my own life. 
and it is not easy every time i get on stage and talk about it i don't know how people will react because i'm sharing something very very intimate it's almost like being naked emotionally so but i wanted to talk about it because through my story i serve when i uh, came back here in india people knew like you know i'm comfortable talking and i started connecting with other people who knew me close by and saying hey this has happened and this is what i want to do and uh, so just let me know and that time was a very emotionally very confusing time for me because i was still in that relationship legally and i just come back so i i also was healing and in fact all of this is very new to me i just got divorced last year august so it's very fresh so there was this uh, event happening in a city in india where they had invited 500 people like uh, i think it was 28 schools and uh, the audience was like it's i don't know in us what would they be like high school like uh, 16 plus age wise uh, principals teachers and the parents and they were uh, talking about the uh, the, th- the event was domestic violence and its impact on the kids somehow you know uh, i got connected with them like i knew a person a principal personally and they say hey this is this uh, event happening so would you like to connect and next thing i know i was the keynote speaker there <laughs> my first time talking about this i spoke about it in front of 500 people and from there it started so yeah that's how it happened and uh, also because i make youtube videos Well, actually, I've never talked about my story till now. I will share it, but uh, when I started, I didn't want. I had this thing. I didn't want people's sympathy. I just wanted to see if people connect with my content. But through that, also people started connecting, and and LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been amazing. So I have made uh, uh, international connects via LinkedIn, uh, and on LinkedIn, people are more open. Uh, people who are senior or these event planners and all that because they can actually see your profile even though i'm sure there would be some fake profiles on linkedin but chances of it is slimmer uh, fake profiles on linkedin uh, so yeah all this has helped and i'm still very new uh, on this journey still learning still figuring it out as i go uh, because this was never part of my plan never part of my plan but my cause is very uh, important to me it would be easier for me shon to actually go back to hr emotionally money wise everything but uh, i want to do what i'm doing it gives me a lot of joy when someone connects with me and say hey you help uh, not on a ego level but on a humane level that oh thank god one person has to maybe not go through what i went and that is the satisfaction which keeps me going and i'm very happy to say i've just got invited to another big event happening here in india it's a world digital conclave so i'll be speaking there yeah at some point my my goal is to start speaking publicly about you know my journey and you know this portion of domestic violence from the abuser's uh point of view you know not point of view but as somebody who's turned turned it around who used to be this way but now has realized that you know through through whatever it is you know that that's not the right way and trying to spread awareness to other men that hey look you know this is just not this is not the way for the world to to go forward in a a meaningful and progressive way you know and there's it's just yes. there's so much dysfunctionality in the world because we've been taught a lot of things that aren't aren't really You know what I mean as we evolve our practices mm. and our upbringings and everything else needs to fall in line with with that 
evolution. You know what I mean? And, and unfortunately, it's very far behind. Yes. I'm sure, Sean, people would love to have you on their stages because what you are doing is also very commendable. It gives so much hope. If everyone thought like you, if everyone, you know, like all of us, are, none of us are perfect, right? But a lot of us never realize that we are imperfect or even if we realize we don't have the courage to say that, hey, this is where I went wrong. So what you are doing, like I said, earlier also is very commendable it is very helpful because when i listen to someone like you who's saying hey i did this but i'm sorry about this and now i'm trying to help others it gives me a lot of hope because if you had not realized it chances are in your lifetime maybe you would have heard three more people or four more people it may sound like a small number but it is four human lives four human beings who suffer. Uh, so what you're doing is uh, very important. And I'm sure people would want to connect and know more. And you add immense amount of add immense amount of knowledge and perspective from the other side. Well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. Yeah, everything. I mean, it. yeah, well, everything happens for a reason. You know, you, you, you were mentioning that, you know, this wasn't the plan that you had for your life. Well, Unfortunately, a lot of the plan that we have for our life, I mean, we can try and set goals and do this and do that, but the trajectory is really not in our hands. The trajectory is in the universe's hands, or if you want to call it God, or you know, whatever your thing is that you attribute why we're here. For me, it's the universe and it's energy. We're all connected in a certain way. We're all connected to the things around us, our environment, our, you know, the plants, the animals, everything is us. We are all encompassed in everything that is around us. And when we start looking at things that way, then our self-centered ego part starts to shed away and you realize that everything you do impacts everything around you and everybody around you in some in some way it may be small it's it may be big but if you have this power to amplify yourself and what you're affecting around you why not try to change the world and make it a better place for my children you know what i mean it may not it may not happen in my lifetime but if we start planting the seeds now and you know the the z generation and the generations after that start to see that oh here are these adults that they're admitting that they're wrong and they're trying to give solutions. They're not grandstanding. They're not, you know what I mean? They're just, we're standing here naked basically and say, Hey, look, I'm transparent. You know, this is, I did it wrong and I'm sorry. I apologize. What can I do to make it right for the, for the generations coming up? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I totally agree with you. And uh, like you said, it is. I also have the same belief that uh, all of us are energy, and uh, now even science has backed it up that all of us are energy and the same energy actually. And what we do impacts others, and uh, and anything which happens, uh, a lot of people, you know, I face that that oh, this is between a husband and a wife. This is a issue like this is within the home. But no, whatever happens, if even if one person is hurt, it is an issue for the whole society. And a lot of we are in uh, we still have so many privileges because people uh, in the earlier generation were selfless enough to fight for it. So we have to do our own bit so that, uh, like you said, so that the, the future generations uh, have it better. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just think that we're in another, we're in a new age, right? So we're in a, we're in a second age of enlightenment because a lot of things are coming to light, you know, whether it's the governments that you live under and, and realizing that things aren't as they really seem and that, you know, all the governments of the mm. world mostly all operate the same way. You know, we're, we're separated by borders. Yes. We're separated by oceans. Yes. But we're no longer separated as a, as a, as humanity. We're more closer than we could ever possibly be with the invention of the internet. And I think oh, yes. that instead of, you know, always feeling like we're isolated and alone, you know, get out there, start doing something, start, you know, talking with people of the world, you know, get on your, your, you know, Facebook and, and go, you know, you may not be able to physically afford to travel to some of these places, but it wouldn't hurt you to friend request somebody from a different country that you're interested in and talk to them about what it's life's like in their country and talk to them about what life's like in your country and get closer to the people of the world that way, you know, and then not because I feel like, you know, we, there's big talk. There's always been talk of, oh, the new world order. They're trying to make a one world government. I just I think that we should just be focused on, you know, the citizens of the world, because that's what we are. We are all citizens of the world. We are all basically the same. You know what I mean? We're, we're biologically or genetically the same. Our DNA with, with slight variances and differences, but I mean, our, our basic functions are all the same. We all operate in the same way. Environment is what determines how we, you know, how we actually become, but the core of what a human is and the function of what a human does yes. is the same. It's the same blueprint. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. And and it's a beautiful thing. I love internet, seriously. Because like you said, you know, I mean, you and I wouldn't be talking if there was no internet. We, we wouldn't have been able to share our uh, difficult and dark times and whatever we have learned. And hopefully whoever listens to it will also uh, get help in some way. Totally, totally. And uh, and it is always up to us what we focus on. Like uh, if you want to be negative about everything, you have your choice to be negative. But then if you're always negative about stuff, your life turns into something not so beautiful. And I personally like, you know, connecting with people from all parts of the world. And I am actually connected to people from loads of countries. And uh, and like you said, all of us are same, same. We may look different, like I may look, I don't know, different from you. But uh, we feel the same, don't we? Like, we love the same way. Like, we have our, we want uh, similar things. We want, deep down, all of us want peace and happiness. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the same needs that, you know, most parents, you know, cause I'm a parent now. I mean, we all want to be loved. We want yes. to feel like what we're doing is making a difference. We want to be respected. We want to feel appreciated. We want to yes. know that our, our children are going to have better opportunities than we did and try to figure out a way to, you know, leave a legacy for them. And so maybe they don't have it as hard as we did growing up. There's just so many different, I mean, we all at a basic level want the same things for our families, for our friends, for, for humanity in general, if you're a good person, 
And I just, we need to operate from, from that level. And hopefully if we can get enough people to operate that way, then all of the negative noise and chatter and everything else out there will start to, will overcome all that. And there will be more of a positive energy flowing through the world than a negative energy flowing through the world. And as we connect, like we should be, that energy and that vibration just starts raising higher, higher and higher. And at some point, you know, I don't know if we'll see it in our lifetime, but hopefully in the, in the future generations, if, if a natural disaster doesn't wipe us out first, <laughs> you know, cause that is, that is a possibility that nobody really likes to think about that, you know, this isn't, history has told us that this is just temporary. Yes. But I mean, yes. why, why not try to be the best that you possibly can if this is only a temporary situation? Yes, absolutely. All we can do is be the best we can be, live to our fullest uh, potential because all of us have immense potential within us. And another thing is a lot of people connect with me because they're going through a difficult mm-hmm. time and not necessarily just domestic violence. Even a lot of people connect with me from, uh, you know, like uh, different parts of the world because like of work stress and things like that. And I always tell them that when you're very troubled, very worried, Try and help someone, just someone in some capacity. And that is very healing. And that actually shifts the energy. That's what worked for me. When I was going through a difficult time, I thought, okay, I'll talk about it. The idea was not to, oh, I will talk about it and I'll talk about my ex. No, I never talk about my ex because I don't want to, I don't want to hurt him, whatever. Like, so my idea was what to create. Uh, awareness right so i'm helping others or even my youtube channel and that has helped me in return i'm in a better place emotionally and this is what you are doing sean in your own way when you're talking about this you are actually opening dialogue a lot of other people will feel safe to share share their own uh, uh, difficulties or things which they feel makes them imperfect because you are taking the first initiative so and and it helps us, doesn't it, to heal? Yeah, I, I've said this many times that I, I think that this podcast probably helps me more than it helps anybody else. Yeah. When we help others, we help ourselves. And this now I've like I've seen it in my own life. But a lot of times people get kind of upset when I tell them, like, oh, you're going through a difficult time. Why don't you try and help someone? And they're like... They get upset about it. Uh, They think I'm being, you know, maybe, I don't know, I'm talking. uh, Condescending. Yes, but that's not the idea. That's because for me, that has helped me the most. So I want to share this. Okay, this worked for me and this works for actually everyone. Whenever we help someone, the warmth you feel like I help someone is such a lovely feeling, isn't it? And that is healing. Yeah, but it's not a, it's not a, it's not an easy concept to understand. And I, I, when people react that way, I, I can completely understand it because it took me a while, you know, to, to actually get that and helped me. Well, actually confused me, but then there was an aha moment when I actually realized, Oh, that's what that means. Um, was, <laughs> was, uh, you have to surrender to win. That was a strange concept to me because I, I was a team, I played team sports growing up. So how, how do you, how mm. does that, so it was just a strange concept, surrender to win. How does that work? You can't, you can't, you can't give up to win. 
And after, after I actually, I don't know, I think I mulled over it for a couple of years. I mean, that's how, how not normal that concept was to me that it took me a couple of years of thinking about it and blowing it off, thinking about it, blowing it off. And it wasn't until I'm like, Jesus, well, I can't seem to win anyways. So, I mean, what does this mean? And then I, <laughs> and it, when I actually surrendered, because you can think about surrendering all you want. And talk about surrendering all you want, but there is a switch that happens in your brain that when you truly surrender to something, then that's when the change begins. Hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's not something that you can plan. It's just something that, that happens like organically. If that's meant to be and you put enough energy into wanting to change something about yourself. And so when I got that concept, I was like, it was an aha moment though. And it was like, Oh my God, I get it now. You know, cause I was fighting everything. <laughs> You know, and, and it wasn't surrender. It, it, the, when I meant mean by surrendering, it was stop fighting everything in your life. Stop fighting this. Stop yeah. fighting that. Stop, you know, reacting to this. Stop reacting to that. If it's not in your best interest, drop it. Only, you know, and I went even as far as to eliminate, uh, mainstream media like i don't i don't i don't watch normal news anymore unless there's you know something that i want to see on the local news but i mean very rarely i pay very close attention to what i allow into my head now yes yes absolutely absolutely and see you actually put a lot of effort uh sean it didn't happen because it was meant to be it happened because you you made an effort be with the question for years not everyone does that because you wanted to understand this that's how you understood it it may have taken you years but you were consistently working on it at least on some deep level uh so you put a lot of effort there and uh, yeah I, for me you see uh i have been meditating for years and years and years and if i was not Uh, actually meditating and doing pranayama uh, conscious breathing and uh, be like listening to knowledge and all that i don't think so i would have uh, hope whatever i went through or even if i did i would maybe it would have taken me a longer time having said that even now i have certain triggers there are times when i still have some nightmares but uh, spirituality helped me a lot it helped me a lot meditation Yeah. Do you do meditation? No, no. I oh, I yeah. was just I was just thinking about what, that when you were saying it because there's a lot of uh there's a lot of practices out there that are good for people and I'm starting to to hear more and more like when you when you start getting into this uh this space, right? You're hearing a lot of different yes. modalities and and tricks and and different practices people have. And the one, the one that keeps coming yeah. up constantly in the people that I talk to are meditation, um, some sort of, uh, detaching and being in the moment and then also reading yeah. and writing. And these are all things yeah. that require effort. And I'm a lazy person by nature. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I, I try to figure out the, the easiest and most quickest way from point A to point B. And, you know, can I hack it in some Good. way? Can I hack it in some way and like try to, you know, avoid? And I've, I've done a pretty good job so far, but I, I feel like there's a whole mm. bunch of things that I'm missing out on that could be, make me a more efficient person and a more, just a better person in general. Because I mean, I still struggle with some things, you know what I mean? I'm not perfect. I fall down all the time. The difference is, is that when I fall down, I get up rather quickly now 
and acknowledge, you know, if mm. I've made a mistake, I acknowledge it. Sorry, you know, I'm human uh, and try not to make that again. Yes, yes. That's the best we all can do. None of us are perfect. In fact, if someone thinks that they are perfect, they have to really think deeply because none of us are perfect. But that's the beauty of it, right? That like you said, when you fall down, you get up again. Look what happened. If it is a mistake, acknowledge it so that it doesn't get repeated again and move on. That's that's how it happens. Meditation is awesome. Like if if I have to ever tell someone that only one thing to do to get you in a happy place, I will always say meditation. Yeah, I, I listened to uh, Sam Harris uh, for a while. I was listening to, I, I found him through the Joe Rogan podcast and I followed him and he's got me- a meditation app that's out there. And like every, I, it's like, I want to try and jump into it, but I just, I always find an excuse or a reason to, oh, I got I need to do this. Uh, so I'll, I'll get to that later. I'll try that later. And later somehow has never, oh. hasn't come around yet. So. <laughs> No. Uh, what? Uh, see, I follow uh, Shri Shri Ravi Shankar. He's my guruji. Actually, he's huge in USL also. Uh, after we are done with the podcast, I'll share the link. He also has a lot of meditation. See, you can follow anyone's meditation, whatever works, because there is no one path to God or spirituality. What I used to do sometimes when I was going through a very difficult time, even though I've been doing meditation for more than 15 years at least, um, still there are days uh, when I can't meditate, just can't, nothing happens. But what I do is I just put on uh, a meditation which I enjoy listening to at least and I force myself to sit for 20 minutes. And like I said, the word force, I actually force myself, no Ruchi Singh, you are going to sit for 20 minutes. And uh, that helps. Like I still may not get to meditate, but that's okay. Maybe I'll not be able to meditate for a week's time, but I'll try and sit for 20 minutes listening to some meditation. And that also calms the mind down and is very helpful. So maybe you can try doing that. Don't meditate, just listen to it. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. Yes, yes, just listen to it. I like Deepak Chopra also. I've listened to his uh, and uh, who else? Actually, I listen to uh, Shushi Ravi Shankar. Uh, that works for me. But I like Deepak Chopra a lot and it's soothing. I've done Reiki second stage. So sometimes I do Reiki meditation also. Yeah. One of my exes is a, uh, she's a Reiki, Reiki light healer (laughs) and and is into all of that stuff. I mean, I don't talk to her anymore, but I've, I've seen some of her stuff on Facebook and when, you know, her, (laughs) what what she's doing. So yeah, we are at an hour. Time flies, huh? (laughs) Yes. Time flies when you have a good conversation. So yes, exactly. That's what I was about to say. Uh, I didn't realize it's been an hour. Yeah, good conversation and, and captivation have a tendency to make time not present. You know what I mean? Like, like there's no, there's no time when you're, when you're engaged in, in, you know, good conversation or, you know, anything that you're, you're doing that you're having, you're enjoying. Time seems to just go away. Yes, yes. I mean, it's a funny thing. When it is boring, it just stops moving. Or if you're waiting for something or someone, it just doesn't move, does it? And when you're having fun, it just flies. Yes, yes, it does. So this is a point in the podcast where I'm going to ask you if you want to. Uh, I've got I've got two questions. One is, what is a book that has helped you in your journey, if you've read any uh, that are significant and have basically uh, put you into action? 
And the second part of that yes. question is two podcasts that you recommend. Oh, okay. The first one is very easy because I am a voracious reader. I just love to read. Even now, I have four or five books around me. The one book which actually changed my life is Autobiography of a Yogi. And Sean, you have to read it. It is like it actually changed my life. When I read it, I was actually uh, in corporate HR and I was doing extremely well. I just finished transitioning five international locations from the recruitment side of it, like due for promotion, everything. And once I read it, it actually put me on a different trajectory. I just I actually moved so much more towards spirituality. Uh, so that is one book I would recommend to everyone. By the way, there is a story, uh, amazing story around it. May I quickly share it? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So uh, Steve Jobs loved this book. And when he died, everyone who attended his funeral was give, gifted this book. Uh, so, yeah, it's an amazing book. But I came to know about it later, like after I'd read this book. So this is one book which changed my life. And I would recommend everyone to read it. Second one is more challenging for me because I have been on a lot of podcasts by now, but I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Even if I took some names, Sean, I'll, I'll not be giving a very genuine uh, answer because I don't listen to podcasts. I'm more, uh, I am like a YouTube person and I don't watch YouTube videos. I'll just put it. So it acts like a podcast for me. I just put it and I will uh, not watch it, but listen to it. Would it help if I said two people which really like uh, whenever I'm down, I listen to these two people and I feel energized with that help? Yeah, yeah, that, that works. I mean, because I'm sure those people have podcasts or, or, or some sort mm -hmm. of a thing that, they, that you listen to, listen to them on, whether it's a, right, so a Facebook live video or uh, Instagram live <laughs> video. They all work the same. Okay, so. Uh, so this person definitely does not have a podcast because he's no more, but it's uh, Martin Luther King. Whenever I'm feeling low or I need some energy, I'll just go and I listen to his speech. I have a dream and I'm sorted. Oh my God. Like so one is Martin Luther King and the second one is Oprah. I love Oprah. And when I listen to her, again, I don't watch her. I just listen to her. The power she has behind her words is like so motivating. So these are two people I really listen to. And then I listen to Shri Ravi Shankar and Sadhguru. These two people, uh, for the spiritual uh, knowledge, I listen to them a lot. And uh, it really helps me. I'm sorry, I know I've not answered this question, but I don't listen to podcasts. Well, that's okay. I mean, it's it's still a fairly new thing, even though they're like 15 years old. They're just now starting to catch on mainstream where where people are understanding the power of having somebody in your head talking to you and listening to them in such an intimate way. I, I talk about this all the time, especially when you mm -hmm. when you first listen to a podcast and let's say you 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 know, you're it's a that's a new show and you start from the beginning. Mm -hmm. You're growing with that host yes. and that show, because what they're talking about, yes. the more yes. they're in your head, the more they're, you're listening to them, you're starting to form somewhat of a, it's a one-sided relationship, but it's a relationship nonetheless that you have with the co-host and you start to feel what they feel and you are a part of their life and you're growing with them. 
And to me, that's yes. awesome because it's like having a friend that, I mean, it, it is a one-sided thing, but it also uh, helps with feeling like you have a friend. You know what I mean? That you can, so the, you know, let's say yes. you, need, you need to talk to your friends. So you go and you listen to their podcast and you listen to their voice and what they have to say this, this week. And I don't know, man, it's just the way that it works for me. And it may not work that way for everybody, but for me, it's super powerful. You know, you make it a lot of. Uh, no, it is powerful. It is very powerful. I agree with you because like I said, even if I'm listening, I actually listen to YouTube videos. So in a way it is like a podcast, isn't it? Like, uh, in the sense, like I get what you're saying when I I'm listening to someone. So whether it's like whoever, Tony Robbins, Oprah, I'm listening to them. So I get exactly what you're trying to say. And I have become good friends with everyone whose podcast I've been on, almost everyone. So that also is an amazing thing, you know, in today's world to connect with people. And also once you are out of college and all, it gets uh, tougher to meet like-minded people and connect. So. Now you have another friend, whether you want it or not. And that's me, Ruchi Singh. <laughs> well, I, I thank you, Ruchi. I, I consider you a friend as well. So now why don't you go ahead and, and uh, plug your your social media and where we can find you. And if anybody wants to reach out to you after they hear this podcast and you resonate with you or what you say is resonating with them with the domestic violence and just, you know, stuff in general that that you know yes. women women struggle with especially you know being a minority you're not a minority mm. where you are but i'm talking about like people in the states there's a lot of yes. uh there's a there's just a, it's just a, mm. a melting pot especially in my area in the bay area is a melting pot of all kinds of different diverse mm. cultures and and uh ethnicities yes so like you said, this, this is a problem that isn't, that just doesn't affect one part of the world. It affects the whole world and all areas within it. Yes. Um, I would love to connect with people, whoever wants to connect with me. My social media handle is Ruchi Singh Talks, R-U-C-H-I-S-I-N-G-H-T-A-L-K-S. So I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, as in Facebook page and LinkedIn. I still do not have a website because uh, honestly speaking, all my coaching requests and all happens through LinkedIn or Facebook. People connect with me. So it's been slightly more passive from my end. Uh, but yeah, I do connect and uh, I try and answer uh, queries, but the amount of requests I get daily is increasing and uh, sometimes it is difficult for me to respond to every uh, individual request so I'm planning to start a Facebook with, uh, group uh, and hopefully you know there I'll be able to help more so yeah go ahead and connect with me on my social handles and uh, let's be connected and to anyone who's listening to me and is going through a difficult time let me tell you one thing and believe me, I mean, uh, that all of us are immensely powerful. You have it in you to solve your problems. So have faith in yourself. Don't let anyone pull you down to their level. And you always love and respect yourself, even if nobody in the world does. So you love and respect yourself. That's great advice. Yes. Uh, you know, because at the end of the day, the only person that's looking in the mirror back at you is you. And nobody can can make you feel any way that you don't let them make you feel. So take your power yes, back. Absolutely. 
and don't let people rent space in your head that don't deserve it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Ruchi. Yeah. Well, I appreciate yeah. your time and, and making, and making the time to talk to me, uh, this morning. I wish you well. We will be connecting at a, at a future point as well. Cause as you said, we are friends now and you're in my Facebook group. So we can, uh, definitely yes. <laughs> help each other along our journeys and trying to make a difference between men and women and how they relate to each other and treat each other. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And it was just so amazing to connect with you, Sean, because uh, like I've been saying throughout this podcast, I so much respect you for the fact that you shared something which a lot of people would be very wary of sharing and trying to actually make a difference. And uh, so huge respect. I'm so glad we connected. And now you have one more friend. And yes, we will. Uh, this world works on helping each other and collaboration. So I believe in that. Yeah, maybe Thank one, you so much again for having me. You're welcome. And maybe one day for we'll you, be on the same stage. Oh, yes. That'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. And who knows? I'll start my own podcast and you're going to be a guest. Definitely. Thanks, Ruchi. I appreciate it. And have a good, uh, have a good one. Thank you. Again, these statistics are coming from the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. What is psychological abuse? Psychological abuse involves trauma to the victim caused by verbal abuse, acts, threats of acts, or coercive tactics. Perpetrators use psychological abuse to control, terrorize, and denigrate their victims. It frequently occurs prior to or concurrently with physical or sexual abuse. Psychological abuse includes humiliating the victim, controlling what the victim can or cannot do, withholding information from the victim, deliberately doing something to make the victim feel diminished or embarrassed, isolating the victim from friends and or family, denying the victim access to money or other basic resources, stalking, demeaning the victim in public or in private, undermining the victim's confidence and or sense of self-worth, convincing the victim he or she is crazy. 48.4% of women and 48.8% of men have experienced at least one psychological aggressive behavior by an intimate partner. 4 in 10 women and 4 in 10 men have experienced. 18.7% of women have experienced threats of physical harm by any psychologically abused than women who earn less than 65% of the household's income. Psychological abuse increases the trauma of physical and sexual abuse. And a number of studies have demonstrated that psychological abuse independently causes long-term damage to a victim's mental health. Victims of psychological abuse often experience depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, suicidal ideation, low self-esteem, and difficulty trusting others. Subtle psychological abuse is more harmful than either overt psychological abuse or direct aggression. 7 out of 10 psychologically abused women display symptoms of PTSD and or depression. Women experiencing psychological abuse are significantly more likely to report poor physical and mental health and to have more than five physician visits in the last year. Psychological abuse is stronger predictor of PTSD than physical abuse among women. Here's some information on domestic violence in children. In 2010, 1 in 15 children in the United States were exposed to intimate partner violence for a total of more than 5 million children. Witnessing intimate partner violence is associated with other forms of violence. 1 in 3 children who witnessed domestic violence were also child abuse victims. In 43% of domestic violence incidents with female victims, 
children are residents of the household where the incident occurred. In a single day in 2007, 13,485 children were living in a domestic violence shelter or transitional housing facility. Children's immediate reaction to experiencing domestic violence include generalized anxiety, sleeplessness, aggression, difficulty concentrating, nightmares, high levels of activity, and separation anxiety. Abusive partners use children to control victims. Abusive partners often threaten to gain sole custody, kill, kidnap, or otherwise harm children if victims leave. Domestic violence creates a violent and hostile environment that can have devastating effects on children, both physical and emotional. Children who have been exposed to domestic violence can become fearful and anxious, concerned for themselves, siblings, and their parents. They may begin to feel worthlessness and powerlessness. Children exposed to violence may have difficulty paying attention and displaying depression and withdrawal. In the long run, children who witness or experience violence at home are much more likely to perpetuate the cycle of abuse in their own relationships as they grow into adulthood. The Long-Term Impact on Children Children who witness intimate partner violence growing up are three times as likely as their peers to engage in violent behavior. Children raised in abusive homes learn that violence is an appropriate way to solve conflict. These children are more likely than their peers to be in abusive intimate partner relationships in the future, either as victims or perpetrators. Children who witness incidents of domestic violence, a form of childhood trauma, are at greater risk of serious adult health problems including obesity, cancer, heart disease, depression, substance abuse, tobacco use, and unintended pregnancies than peers who did not witness domestic violence. Fathers who batter the mothers of their children are twice as likely to seek sole custody of their children as non-abusive fathers. Courts award sole or joint custody to fathers in 70% of custody cases, despite what the perception that mothers always win custody of children. Abusive parents use child custody as a way to continue to threaten and harass the victim. So as you can hear, it's bad news. All the way around, nobody wins. A lot of the times, the only real loser is your children if they're involved. And this goes both ways. Even though I was a perpetrator, I was also a victim, too, of psychological abuse myself. I don't know if any of you out there have ever experienced a narcissist, but one of the main tools that a narcissist uses is psychological manipulation and abuse. So those are just some statistics and facts that I pulled from my research that you can use to draw on if you like, or, you know, it's mostly to put a little bit more weight behind this episode. Thank you for listening to the show. And thank you to Ruchi for talking to me about your situation and making me feel comfortable enough to come out about my own. This is a huge problem not only in the United States, but around the world. I may not be able to stop everybody from participating in these types of behaviors. All I can do is make sure that I don't do it and try to educate people from this point on. As usual, you can find all of Ruchi's places in the show notes. You know, this was a uh, this wasn't an easy episode for me to do. I mean, the interviewing, yeah, that, that was easy, but having to take a look at myself and some of my own past behaviors and coming to terms with how 
having to refer to myself as an abuser or a perpetrator isn't easy. I mean, even though I haven't beaten anybody or closed fist punched any woman or slapped any woman for that matter, which is no excuse or, or you know, trying to lessen any of the things that I have done, which, you know, include pushing, shoving, a lot of the things that were, were mentioned in the psychological abuse portion of what I read. You know, it sucks to think of yourself as having done things to hurt people, however the case may be, you know, what the circumstances were. It's embarrassing, somewhat humiliating, but the upside is the only way that you're going to be able to change a behavior is to acknowledge that that behavior was happening to begin with. And the more that people like myself come out and are willing to talk about these issues and willing to talk about their own involvement in issues and things like this. It's the only way that we're going to be able to heal from these types of behaviors. And hopefully, as the younger generations are seeing that myself and, and anybody else out there that's that's talking about this kind of stuff is willing to admit their fault, their wrongs that they've committed against other people, hopefully they'll start to see and there'll be a shift to where this is less likely to happen. I mean, it's not going to get rid of all of it, but it's it's starting the conversation. It's, you know, maybe if you're out there and you're you're a guy and you and you've done some of these things, uh you'll feel more comfortable to reach out and email me uh, or hit me up on Instagram or you know where, wherever it is and, and talk to me about it. So I just want to thank you for your patience. I know this was a, a long episode, but I believe that it deserved this kind of attention and this kind of uh, care. And the next episode, I will be talking to Chiron Grant. Uh, he's a young man from Australia, and he's involved in a few nonprofits uh, down there that have been doing some really good stuff. And so we'll be talking to him and, and, and he'll be telling us a little bit about what he's doing down in his part of the world. So until next time, keep it 100, stay true to yourself. Everything else is just noise. Uh-huh.